Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. Hello. Spring Simulcast Edition. Yeah. So much. So much show. So much anime. (laughs) So little time. (laughs) No truer words. (laughs) All right. Let's get through the introductions. I'm Will. I'm a social media coordinator. I am Quinn. I'm a merchandising coordinator. I am Devlin, and I'm a social media coordinator. And I'm Chris. I'm a, also a merchandising coordinator. I forgot what I was for a second. <laughs> Double watch there. Who I, I wandered in. They, they were donuts. <laughs> Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm also here. I'm also just staring at the audio files. Yeah. I guess that makes me a producer. I'm professional. So we have a producer now. Yeah, oh. we're getting okay. good. <laughs> we're leveling up our podcast. And just like every podcast, she talks about 5% of the time. <laughs> I have to talk 5%. <laughs> You're doing a good job so far. Yeah. You're at 2%. <laughs> well, before we get to the spring simulcast stuff, there were a couple of important news stuff that we should talk about. Chris, you're our big robot fan, and it was a big week for big robots. Definitely. The big one that just dropped a couple of days ago for us here, uh, the Gundam live-action movie being produced by Legendary Pictures has sort of been hovering in hiatus for the past couple years, but ground is finally getting covered on this. Uh, Jordan Vogt Roberts, who directed Kong Skull Island, is stepping up to take on the task, and the movie is going to premiere on Netflix. Uh, We still don't have a release date yet, but I'm super hyped about it because I'm a big Gundam guy. If you've listened to the podcast, you probably know that already. But also, uh, the movies, at least the first draft, is being written by Brian K. Vaughn. He's a widely respected uh, comic writer here in the Western Hemisphere. Uh, he uh, created Saga, um, Why the Last Man, Runaways over at Marvel. Uh, let's see, you can also get Saga and uh, Why the Last Man and another of his series, Paper Girls, on our website if you want to check those out. But yeah. He's just a top-notch writer. He can handle all kinds of stories. I'm really curious to see how he takes it, because one of the other things is we have no clue what this is going to be based on, whether it's Mm -hmm. going to be classic Universal Century stuff, one of the side stories, or just one complete new idea that just sort of is built around on how much giant robots are cool, but War of Giant Robots suck. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm super hyped for that. Uh, The other big giant robot news that I want to cover... Um, we finally had a makeup between uh, Japanese studios Big West and Studio Noe and Harmony Gold here in the U.S. over the distribution of Macross and Robotech. Um, back in the 80s, Harmony Gold bought like three different series and smashed them together under the Robotech name. And because of that, they pretty much had a practical embargo on all Macross releases in the U.S. So we'd miss out on a lot of cool stuff like Macross 7, uh, Macross Zero, and some other newer series. Like, I think Macross Plus is the only one that sort of squeaked its way into the U.S. in a while, and that was long ago enough that Brian Cranston's in. <laughs> so that's saying something. But it is kind of nice that these really good newer Macross series are going to finally be able to come over in the States. I am super excited because I, I respect the business. I don't steal bootlegs online, and I just want to watch the stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm super hyped for that. All right, so I guess we should just go ahead and get the spring anime. But first, first. Cue, cue the sad music. Wah, wah. Pull out, pull out those tears. We're gonna do a brief remembrance of the anime that is currently in Netflix jail. It's in Netflix jail. They got real weird. <laughs> All right, there will be Shaman King, which will be released later this year, Eden Zero, which will be coming out later this fall, and Godzilla Singular Point, which will be coming out in June. You got really morose for that. That's because they're in Netflix jail. I know, it's, it's just one of the weirdest things, like coming out from somebody that watches both anime and Western TV shows, where it's like, I kind of appreciate the fact that anime comes out once a week, and mm-hmm. companies like Funimation and Crunchyroll give it to us as it comes out rather than just letting it build up, which is sort of funny because there's other people with like some of the newer TV shows, like say a lot of the Disney Plus stuff, like the new Star Wars shows and WandaVision, things like that, where everybody's like, I want to binge it now. And I'm like, I like being able to sit and think about these episodes once in a while. 
and just being able to process that, and then you get to do that with uh, the current automate too. But the Netflix, they, they like their binge model, and they want to dump it all on us at once. I don't care about their binge model. I want it now. Exactly. <laughs> want it now. I like binging, so I mean... I'm okay with binging. I just want it to have an option of yeah. now. I'm okay with binging if it's got like six or seven seasons built up, but if it's something that's I coming have? out as it what? happens, don't make me wait. Just let me watch it. <laughs> All right, well, now it's time to talk about the stuff that we can actually watch week to week. Yay! Well, I could do one that I know Devlin has seen. Yes! It's called Odd Taxi. Uh, and yeah, it's that and another anime that I'm sure Quinn will be ecstatic about is one of the top first episodes of the season for me. Uh, if you don't know what Odd Taxi is, it's set in a world that might be filled with anthropomorphic animals. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> tell. Like, I have, like, a weird, like, uh, roundabout theory. Like, yeah, like, like, the reason why we're saying that is because, so it stars a, ta- a Waller's taxi driver. And as you're driving around, you start to see different clues about what the world is actually about. The major thing that ticked me off was, or tipped me off. was that he was listening to this comedy radio duo and their name was homo sapiens (laughs) so to have a human's a human name in a world where their animals is really weird there is polar bear cafe it has both humans and actual like walking talking animals that work at the cafe so this isn't a no. Particularly strange but, but. concept then. Okay. What well, also kind of makes me think it might be his delusion in w- some weird sense is... It's a theory. They show a lot of medicine too in it. Yeah. Like The opening <laughs> so, scene, like he has like some prescriptions in his glove box. Yeah, so yeah, one of the threads here is oh, that, no. so he's a taxi driver and he takes people around him. On, on like trips and stuff, yeah. but there's this thread going along with like the medicine. Like he, the walrus, has some medicine in his glove compartment. He goes to see a doctor who tries to prescribe him harder, harsher meds for whatever condition he has. And, they and then also later dis- on, and then later on, there's this talk about uh, medicine being stolen. And then you see that one of the people working at the doctor's office is talking to this baboon who we know is like some big like yakuza or assassin we don't know. <laughs> But, like, there's, like, what's great, as you could tell, there's a lot of connections that are immediately set up in the show. And to be able to do that in 20 minutes and to do so that's so mysterious and, like, compelling is just blew my mind when I was watching it. Yes, and also, like, when he's in the doctor's office, you know, discussing, like, marriage a little bit with the doctor, they talk about Bruce... Uh, Springsteen, oh. which, which I'm like, wait, like, and they're like, just discussing like a bunch of things that are connected yeah. to our world, and I'm like, what the heck? And even like the suspense when he's in his apartment just talking to oh, something. something in the closet. <laughs> oh. I, I, I don't. I don't want to spoil all the details, but like. There's so much happening. Yeah, there's so much happening in just 20 minutes. Okay, so based on the title and the the animals in it, I thought this was like a comedy thing. No. This is definitely not a comedy thing. I want to see this now. There is like some comedy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not the the little like like, crazy Another unique, Yeah, yeah, because another unique thing about it is that like it's really the dialogue and acting is very naturalistic mm. yes it's 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 some it feels like something that you would hear in your day-to-day life not the, your typical like mm-hmm. stereotypical anime <laughs> anime talking yeah what's the structure on it because it sounds to me like the like the name and the concept it almost feels like it should be like sort of like midnight diner uh, which is a live action show on netflix from japan where it's like all revolves around one thing, but it's different stories each time, like an anthology mm. series. Uh, is it like that, or is it no, actually full it looks like story? it's yeah, it's gonna be. A, it seems like it's gonna be heavily serialized. Yeah, like they're all connected. I feel like they're yeah. all connected by him, the yeah. taxi driver. Yeah, because oh. like it's one of those. It's one of those things where you can make like a spider web. Like oh, everybody mm-hmm. is connected. Everybody introduced is connected to everybody somehow. In some way, oh. and they all kind of like interact in different scenes, like mm-hmm. without the walrus there, and mm-hmm. then in the other scenes, like they're talking to the walrus and all mm-hmm. of that about what they were yeah. talking about too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really crazy, and I was like thrown in knowing nothing, and I fell in love like the minute the 
opening happened. Like, hmm. they have such a good song, like, for the opening. Oh, it's yeah. by uh, Skirt and Punpy, or Punpy, yeah. It, it's really good. Yeah. Highly recommend it. I think I've been sending it to everyone <laughs> on the team. Like, hey, listen to this. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, there was no note in the notes about how it was the best opening ever. No, <laughs> no, that didn't exist no, there at no, all. No, no, no. I swear I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity to use I am the walrus, but it's fine. <laughs> no DMCA here. <laughs> yeah, but I want to I want to talk about I don't think anybody else has seen this. It's called Vivi. V-I-V-Y. V-I-V-Y. <laughs> and so it's a Kind of a unique concept. So it's set in the near future, and there's this big uh, theme park that's totally run by AI, and the main character is a AI singer who is in a robot body, and she sings to basically an empty an empty uh, crowd, mm-hmm. and so she feels like very very alone, even though she's a robot and not really supposed to feel feelings all that much. Mm-hmm. And then later in the episode, there is this teddy bear in her apartment that comes to life. And it turns out that an AI 100 years in the future has come back, has come back into the past to help her stop a war that's about to happen in 100 years where, all the, where the AI kills all the humans. And yeah, so it's a whole lot of t- like some weird time travel stuff, but I think it's got like really good action. And for in terms of the story, the writer was the guy who's the mastermind behind ReZero mm. okay. as well. So you have some really so you have some really nice, funny and snappy dialogue, but also some nice, nice heavy themes with like related to AI to go with it, mm. as well as of course the good action that I mentioned. And it's just a uh, just a very well done, well done and directed show, and I feel like over the two episodes that make that make up its premiere, it does a really good job setting everything up. I know what I'm talking about it sounds complicated, but the show was able to do an easy job of explaining of explaining everything, and it really sets up an interesting world and characters that I want to see more of. From the sound of it, it reminds me of Planetarium. Is that similar, or is it just the setup that sounds similar? The setup sounds similar, okay. but no, there's a lot more. VV becomes more of an action star as uh, as the two episodes go on. Yeah, it's, okay. it's like it sounds like a much nicer, probably less violent version of Westworld. Yeah, Westworld, <laughs> Westworld, or like I'm sure people who the creators were watching Ghost in the Shell before they started <laughs> working on this. Working on DV. And see, I was thinking of Maggie Brilliant Park when you said it was set in a theme park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they both share a teddy, a teddy, a, a, a livable teddy bear. But this isn't Fumofu. That's what matters. Uh, sadly not. Oh, but they man. do both star blue-haired girls and a, lev- and a living teddy bear. <laughs> How many comparisons did we draw to this? <laughs> <laughs> that aren't All related? Of- yep. <laughs> the unrelated cinematic universe. See, the only thing I could think of was One Piece, like the bear from like the Thriller Bark. Oh, yeah. I know you're in it. I just finished Thriller Bark, so I know oh. what you're talking about. Yep. Mm. See, that's the only bear that I can think of for some odd reason. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that one just wanted to be a part of the conversation. Yes. <laughs> I know some anime. <laughs> Involving bears. Yes. <laughs> Kuma Kuma. Oh. So I'll take over a few. Um, Two Year Eternity is a big Mm. talker. Yeah. Keep talking. Keep talking. I'll I'll just uh, cry a little bit. Can you actually see it? Yes or no? Yes, I have seen it. Okay. Yay! (laughs) What do you talk about? With this show. Yay. So um, Two Year Eternity was written by the same author of A Silent Voice, and it is completely different. Um, It is more of a fantasy show. And you can't really talk about the first episode without giving away a few things, which is pretty much like the first 30 seconds. So (laughs) Um, it doesn't really star the boy that's in all the uh, promo material. It's an orb that eventually will take his form. But that first episode is just, it's, it's not afraid to just sit and let you be in the atmosphere. 
And that's what I really appreciated about it. It's really gorgeous artwork. It lets you feel those emotions and just, you're gonna cry, people. Yeah. I've read the manga up to volume 11 and I knew what was coming and I'm still like, oh, no. yeah. So yeah, and it's, it's the story of the orb discovering just what it means to live. Mm -hmm. That's like the best description. Yeah, he just, he just he gets to experience so many emotions for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to see whatever this thing is, like react to, react to it. Mm -hmm. And as someone who is, whose mood is very influenced by the music they're listening to, oh my gosh, this show took me on a ro emotional roller coaster ride. <laughs> it was just some fantastic, Fantastic orchestra music. Yeah, it's very gorgeous. And that first episode is kind of self-contained with mm -hmm. the story of the boy. So as it moves on, you'll get introduced to more characters who partake in the story of the orb. Um, and it, it gets very... How do I want to say this without spoiling stuff? <laughs> um, the title, it lives up to the amount of time that this story takes place in. And it, it will do it well. So don't worry about things getting drug out. It's very, very well done. And like I said, it's also written by the same author as The Silent Voice, who, if you've seen that movie or read the manga, you're, yeah, tearjerkers. <laughs> very, very good at pulling at your heartstrings. You'll have, you'll have tears of joy, tears of sadness. You'll just be happy. You'll be sad. Everything. So look forward to To Your Eternity. The hype is real. I almost checked it out last night, but I didn't feel like crying. So, <laughs> so instead, I watched Odd Taxi, so... Yeah. Well, that first episode, it's like a combination of just super hopeful, and then stuff will crash down, you'll be hopeful again. It's just roller coaster. It's very good. And yes, you probably would have been crying. Yeah. 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 It's worth it, people. It's worth it. Watch it. I'm always in the mood for a good, ugly cry, so... Yeah. You'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really about it. Like, I am the wimpiest, wimpy crybaby of all time. Like, I am our department's resident crybaby, probably. <laughs> yeah, but I know what stuff is coming, and it still makes me cry. It's like, that's good. That's oh. real good. Uh, on a completely different note, also I've seen The Slime Diaries, which for people that have been watching that time, or that, yeah, that time I've got reincarnated as a slime, this is a lighthearted look at life in Tempest. It really honestly feels like they took the bonus chapters from the manga and stuck them all together. They're little vignettes that just feature Rumoru and everybody in town, and Rumoru is the butt of so many jokes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you forget that he could just like crush everybody if he wanted to. He just takes it. Um, the favorite one that stuck out to me was the uh, crew was giving him a hard time about not, the, he hasn't seen slimes really in the in the world, which when you stop and think about it, it's like, yeah, where are all the slimes? And everybody's like, oh yeah, they only really come out in the summer and they're delicious chilled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he freaks out and runs away and is like, no, you're not going to eat me. And they're all like, we were kidding. Come back. Come back. <laughs> so you get a lot of little stories like that all pushed together in about a 25-minute episode. And I mean, I kept thinking... Okay, I'm gonna stop here, and then the next little story would grab me and make me laugh, and so I'd keep going. It's it's a good lighthearted laugh and look at Tempest. So if you're into slime, make sure to pick up Slime Diaries too. It it I wonder if it's similar to the one manga that I uh, reviewed. Trinity and Tempest. Yes, that one. I think that that one is told from the perspective of of three other girls, right? Okay. This Are is literally just following Rumoru around. At least the first episode was. Okay. Because I thought it was going to be like that, too. Yeah, because I did read that, and I was like, oh, this is, like, a way different look at, mm -hmm. like, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, you know? But I wonder, ha has she shown up at all, or do you think she's going to show up? Like, <sighs> I don't know. Like I said, I don't think that it's built like that. I think okay. that's its own thing, because um, this one just followed Rumoru around a lot. Okay. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, though, is that the character designs are slightly different, so it looks visually different, like they're rounder. That took a little getting used to, and I don't understand why. They didn't look that far off model from the main show, but they're, they're rounder. And Rimuru looks like he, like, 
turned into a kid. He's little too little now. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some memes around like Slime Diaries, so I've I definitely saw like the roundness yeah. and all that. But yeah, but super funny. Highly recommend. It, I'm guessing it's definitely a different take from season two of Slime. Oh yeah, season two is going dark, people. It's going dark. <laughs> so. This is this is the lighthearted opposite of that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Devlin, what have you been watching? You should know. Shonen Boy has been watching Shonen. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I've been watching and keeping up with My Hero Academia. Uh-huh. Uh, season five has been so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. So And somebody remembered to watch the end past the credits this time. Good job. Yes. Yay. Yay. I have learned. <laughs> I'm learning. Watch out. So <laughs> definitely like season five kicks off like where the season four ended with the Endeavor and Nomaru fight and mm-hmm. uh Hawk helping him out during that fight. And then we see the appearance of Dobby Moore. You know, he actually comes up to Endeavor and, you know, talks to him. Mm-hmm. And they tease that. And, oh, we also get to see Class 1A and Class 1B duke it out, which I'm super excited for. Mm-hmm. Like, they just hit uh, how they're going to show off their abilities and how they're going to test their abilities against each other, which I'm so excited for besides revealing a little bit more about one for all and what all that power is you know hiding from Deku a little bit Uh but you know just giving him a little bit I really wish they would have named those two different things I can't keep them straight I don't know which one is which very much same (laughs) I always say all for one and one for all and get them all mixed up but I know who I'm talking about (laughs) in my mind that's better than I do yeah. Overall, I'm just so excited for where the season's mm-hmm. going. I know that in the manga, it's going to be crazy, but I refuse to read the manga right now. Mm-hmm. I probably will need more as soon as season five ends, so <laughs> watch out. <laughs> All right. I'll talk about something I've been watching lately. Uh, I have been waiting about this one for about a year or so. Uh, we just had recently debut uh, SSSS Dinazenon. Uh, for those of y'all in the know, that aren't in the know, this is sort of a companion series to Gridman, which came out a couple of years ago, and was surprisingly deep for a show that was based off a, a Sentai show from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And they've continued on that vibe so far. There are only two episodes in, so they haven't really established a lot of the weirdness of the world yet. But it seems to be a little more leaning towards Power Rangers as far as the structure goes, where it's a... One guy, Galma, shows up, and he just says he's a kaiju user. And when a kaiju shows up in town, he helps assemble a random group of teams to help fight the monster using their own mecha, the Dinozenon, which transforms into a giant flying T-Rex, and it's just really cool. Um, oh, my gosh. But at the same time, they've got some interesting character dynamics, like the two lead characters, Yume and y- Yomogi, are awkward. Yomogi asks Yume out for a date, and she stood him up. And then they got grabbed into the mecha to fight the giant robot without even knowing it. And also they grabbed these couple of Hikikomori cousins that are just off in another area as the other pilots. And so it's just like interesting to see these characters interact in awkward ways emotionally. I'm really curious to see where uh, Yume and Yamogi are going to go since they got that bit of conflict where, oh yeah, I was attracted to you, but you stood me up and now we have to commit to fighting this robot, or these monsters. Not awkward at all. (laughs) And they've started to tease the villains now that are possibly other kaiju users, but we still don't know much about them, because Mm -hmm. like uh, Gridman, they're being very patient and slow with the info they give you. Oh, nice. Outside of the mecha action, it's a very sort of, like, cool, slow-paced show. I almost want to... I don't want to full-on compare it to Makoto Shinkai because it's not that heavily emotional. <laughs> but, like, the, the soundtrack is pretty smart, sparse. The scenes just get to breathe a bit. And so you sort of live in this world and get to know them. But then people are just like, oh, here's this giant tortoise monster that's shooting lasers and exploding a big chunk of the city. Let's get in our robot <laughs> T-Rex and fight it. An evil so camera. It's, it's a really interesting mix of vibes. And the CG is really pretty. Like, nice sort of... Uh, 
sort of line art style graphics, so it stands out really well. I, I'm enjoying it so far, but like I said, we're only two episodes in, so. I do have a question. How did they select these teams? Was it by angst, like my Morphin Power Rangers? <laughs> I don't know, they just got kind of grabbed. They're all, for the most part, pretty laid back. Like, Yume's just sort of sullen because she's apparently the type of person who just stands a lot of people up anyway. But otherwise, they just seem like normal kids. Like, the second episode revolves around how Yamogi is busy trying to do his real job and not, like, get sucked into it. But then they're like, oh, yeah, you have to help him fight these things. Ah. But then there's also, like, the, the Hikigomori kids. The, the brother, the, the boy cousin is the one that is actually in the suit. The girl is just sort of hanging along. He's just like, does this mean I'm employed now? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's really interesting. The character dynamics, I think, are going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to this one. I might have to check it out just because how you were describing it, I just kept thinking Power Rangers, and then Power Rangers, like the theme song, just kept going. <laughs> so we now I'm like, I, I want to see Power Rangers. They, they like their hippie intros. The intro for uh, Gridman was a lot of fun, if you ask me. So I'm excited to see more of the new show. Have you? Do you have to see Gridman to get this new show? Not at all. That's one of the nice things about this. Like, it seems to be a shared universe, but so far there's been no connective tissue between the two. That's good. I have a feeling, though, if you do want to watch Gridman down the road, it may help you mm-hmm. with what turns out happening. Because there's some weird ideas going on in Gridman. That's part of why I think you should check it out. I'm glad a lot of people jumped on that. We just did a sale, and it was my top seller in it. So nice. Woo! It's something. I, I think it's a lot of people may have slept on it a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I got into it mainly because I found out they were using, like, third-tier Transformers designs in hints in some of the characters. Like, oh, this is from this weird version of Hotshot that was exclusively only available at BotCon 2016 or whatever. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, that's weird, but this is kind of cool. No, oh, it's actually a good show. So, big fan of that one. Um, haven't really watched much else yet, but there's another one that's on my radar that I'm really excited about because it's based off a really good video game that came out about 15 years ago. This one's called The World Ends With You. Um, it is based off a DS game that Square Enix put out a while back. It's coming out for Switch now here within the next month or so, I believe. The sequel is coming out. Oh yeah, that's it. Neo, the world ends with you. But um, it's the storyline, it's like uh, kids have ended up in some sort of netherworld because they've died or something like that. And so they are in a competition to see who can survive and fight off enough monsters to get reborn at the end of the week. And it takes place in like, uh, oh gosh, it's Shibuya. Mm. I was going to say that, but then I was like, nah. But so it's very stylish. It's like the characters were created by Tetsuya Nomura, who did a lot of the, uh, like the middle, like Final Fantasy X and things like that. So if you like flared collars, baggy shorts, and zippers, you're in for a treat. Woohoo, zippers! Don't forget the big shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah the big, the shoes. big shoes. And, and this one will probably have a lot of pins, too, because one of the mechanics in the game was like you equipped certain pins, like buttons, and they gave you power up, so mm. they might have to fold that into the show somehow, like just have people with way too much accessories. I mean, I've seen them on convention backpacks, so they can fit that in the show for sure. But I'm pretty hyped for that one. The trailer definitely looked really cool, so mm-hmm. I might have to check that out, too. Is it on uh, Crunchyroll event or? Uh, I know it's on Funimation. Okay. I don't know about Crunchyroll. It's Funimation only. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Funimation only. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get to call that Funimation jail? Ooh. <laughs> hey, some stuff really. Crunchyroll jail for me. Yeah, so. I know. Right? <laughs> Everybody's in jail. <laughs> <laughs> but else? we get our weekly streaming. Yes. <laughs> yep. Anybody else here have they're, a high dive? <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yay. One I also wanted to talk about is, as a guy who does enjoy robots, but more of the realistic robot stuff, uh, 86, I finally watched the episode yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I was very intrigued by it. Those are some giant spider robots. They're like tachikomas on drugs. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I guess, as someone who uh, checked out the manga, the first volume of the manga, and then watched the show, Mm. uh, if you're a fan of Gundam, the 8th MS team... Mm. Or you also enjoy the grittiness of like uh, armored botons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is a good one for you because, like Eighth MS Team, uh, the eighty six the eighty six division uh, is actually going out and doing this big war in their big ro- in their smaller robots mm-hmm. have a have a nice dynamic similar to Eighth MS Team, but like botons, 
they can <laughs> the mechas really suck. So they, <laughs> so they die. So people can die very easily. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of degradedness to that. But what makes it unique and separate from those is the backstory of the war. Yeah. So obviously there's two or two are uh, two sides fit battling each other. But the side that we're focusing on, uh, that's our, that our protagonists are part of. They were originally 86, 86 of, what were they called, divisions or sections, districts. I thought that was the name of the actual, like, squad. Oh, yeah, it was, but before the war started, there were, like, 86 di- districts. There was too much going on in this. I missed this part completely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I know this because I read the manga. I ah. the manga. Mm. So there were originally 86 districts, mm-hmm. and then the war happened, and nobody liked the 86th district. So they were ostracized <laughs> from society society and security, and they were forced to go into war in these mechas. But since they were so ostracized and treated as basically subhuman, when ca- like reports for casualties of the war come in, it comes in with zero casualties. Jeez. So people either ignore that humans are probably in the mechas, or the government has been lying to them that they've been all like, drones or been drones. See, mm. see watching the, the show, so I've only seen the first episode, and I was getting hints of, like, number six, because in that show as well, you've got the higher-class society that segregated itself away from the low-class uh, humans. And you really get that, especially the fact that all the people wandering around the high-tech city all have silvery hair. Yeah. Like, there isn't anybody without that there's color a, hair. It was weird. There's a whole <laughs> lot of silver hair and blue eyes. Yeah. Like, they all, they all have a homogenous look to them. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the pilots of spider t- touch comas because I <laughs> refuse to call them what they are because I think it's funny uh, and, and they are the normal people mm-hmm. and the main girl she refuses to believe that the war is being fought with drones and that's how the government seems to be passing it off yeah. that these are all automated systems and mm. the automated systems just hearing her talk to them without seeing the other side for the first episode for a while makes you go these, these are really, really super intelligent AI, or they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I liked that mystery that that first episode builds. Yeah, to, the it was, world. I really liked the structure of it. It's split into two distinct halves. Mm-hmm. First off, focusing on the girl and the whole high society stuff, and then mm-hmm. focusing on the leader of the 86, one of the 86 infant division that they were working on, mm-hmm. that she was working with. Helps build a nice dichotomy between between the two experience, life experiences they, they have. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, this one definitely caught my attention. I didn't think I'd enjoy just the first episode as much as I did. I'm definitely sticking with this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a fan of sports anime, I definitely wanted to check out Pharaoh, My Dear Kramer. Mm-hmm. I read the first, ep- first volume of the manga as, yeah. as with Chris. You and I both did the review for yeah. the site, so. Yeah. <laughs> Kodansha labeled it as Sayonara Football, just FYI, in case you were looking up on our site and like, why is it starts at volume three instead yeah, of two? Yeah. Uh, so there's a prequel. Yeah, which directly is a continuation of volume two. So it goes one, two, and then three, but Farewell Kramer is on three, and one and two are a continued story into that. It's confusing. Just mm. pick up one and go through it. Mm-hmm. Forget about the subtitle part. I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> But as you can guess, it is a sports anime, but it focuses on a woman, on a girl's high school soccer team. Mm-hmm. And what I find really great about it is just how much it treats treats the treats the characters and the and the sport with like a really great sense of respect. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been a while since I've seen like a a woman's sports anime where they're more than just like. It's basically cute girls doing cute scenes yeah. and play sports. <laughs> or they take it to the other extreme and go full fan service. Yeah. And it's nice to see him like, treated more realistically. Mm. The guy who originally wrote the manga did, like, You're a Lie in April. Mm. So you could tell that he enjoys doing more character, introspective writing, oh. which shows up in this show a lot. And it just takes me back to like things like Princess <laughs> Princess Nine, which I feel like is the last oh, show yeah. that I feel like that's been able to do something mm. like this. Mm. So it's something that I really enjoy and wanting to. Hopefully, it gets better and better as it goes along, and I'm definitely going to stick around to see what it does. Would it be fair to say that this is like the equivalent of Haikyuu? 
is just focusing on a different sport with the female leads. I haven't you seen Haikyuu. Haikyuu. I, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen, dang it. <laughs> it might not be as focused on sports as Haikyuu is. It might have mm -hmm. more to do with the interpersonal relations on top of that. Because mm -hmm. like the characters have interesting backgrounds. Like The one that's the focus of Sayonara Football, she was not allowed to play soccer for the most part during her middle school years because her school didn't have a girls' soccer team. Mm. So she was on the boys' team, but strictly not allowed to play mm. until finally, like, one of the last games she could get in, they caved and let her in as a substitute, and she just tore it up because she actually trained with, like, the best guy on their team. Okay. So it's, that's at least a good inspirational lead into that. Yeah. So. But I think it's more, like... It might be a little more slice of lifey, where it's like getting into their high school relationships and things yeah. like that. Okay. There's a big theme about growing up and change through through the show and the manga, and I'm sure that's going to be explored fully in the in the anime as well. Hmm. Yeah. I'll just use this as a segue into the other sports anime that I'm kind of looking forward to. I still haven't had a chance to check this one out, but it was on my list of stuff to watch this season, just because, for one thing, it's an interesting sport, and another thing, it's just Really weird. Uh, the show I'm talking about is Burning Comedy. And this is a, uh, a trans, it's a sport from, I believe it's India, if I remember correctly. I'm blanking on the I actual. I think it's the national sport of Bangladesh. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me, but pretty much the whole concept of the sport itself, it's like competitive tag. Like you have players five aside on a, like about a small sort of like mini sort of volleyball court style court. And players take turns trying to jump over to the other side and tagging as many people as they can and getting back to their side before getting tackled, all in one breath. In one breath? Yep. And so how you are fact-checked on doing that is when you tag somebody, you have to start chanting, comedy, 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 uh. comedy, and rush back to your side. And if they tackle you or if you breathe, you don't get any points. And it, I think, I haven't watched a ton of this. It has sort of like weird dodgeball concept where people can be eliminated at some point, I think. Um, there's actually a great YouTube video from a, a channel called People Make Games that explains the rules of comedy. And it's really informative, but I really want to see this applied to a classic high school shonen sports anime. And that's what this is. And so I haven't watched it yet, sadly. So I don't know details, but I want to. Just because it sounds fascinating. We're all going to be running around the building going, comedy, 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 yeah. now. Like, the, the, it's popped up an anime before. I remember watching Chio's School Road. Huh. And there was a girl in there who played on her girls' comedy team. But, of course, because that show's a little bit twisted, it's mainly because she wanted to grope other girls. Oh, of course. So that was super awkward. Yay, anime. This one is a little less creepy, I think. <laughs> I, I would think. hope so. I guess I can springboard off of the niche sports anime that are airing this season and talk about backflip. Backflip! <laughs> Men's rhythmic gymnastics. Wow! <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is a sport that's only in Japan. I was gonna uh -huh. say, I don't know if I've ever heard of rhythmic men's yeah. gymnastics before. I've seen it in the before. Olympics. It's in the Olympics, yeah. I've only, okay. I've only seen women's rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's also a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I saw the first episode and it seems alright so far. Uh, if you can look past kind of funky CD on like the more intricate things, that's <laughs> good, good on you. Uh, but um, it seems like it'd be a, another fun random little ride so far. It's just a kid who decides to quit baseball and then try rhythmic gymnastics instead because that is a very logical, you know, switch. Natural jump. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Natural <laughs> jump. It really fits in with his inner beat. <laughs> okay, I think we're getting off base here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a whole lot to really inject with it. I just found it funny that there were a lot of like niche sports and or activities mm. going on too. Mm. If you're thinking it's going to be like Gymnastic Samurai, it's kind of not. And that was another one that was going on, because definitely everybody was thinking about Gymnastic Samurai. It definitely wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> this is just my excuse to talk about Gymnastic Samurai. <laughs> Olivia's going for that full 5% today. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I could probably go for 6 if we talk about those Snow White notes. Oh, oh. Hey, yeah. 
Segway. That was, aside from Fruits Basket season, what we're at, season three, I guess, Fruits Basket, the final. Uh, aside from that, uh, Fruits Basket, uh, those Snow White notes were like the only two shows I really cared about this season. Mm-hmm. So, or at least like I knew that I wanted to watch mm-hmm. before the season started. I've kind of been like finding random episodes here and there, but uh, those Snow White notes is definitely uh, one that I'm interested in. I got, I got Barakamon vibes off of it. Sort of, because he's like trying to find himself and his art better. But uh, what's the premise of the show? So, um, oh, I wrote this down. It's about uh, traditional Japanese music, essentially. Yeah, it's the shamisen. Yeah, the shamisen. That's that one. Yeah. So it's uh, about this guy. This guy. This guy. So he learned how to play the shamisen from his grandfather, who had recently passed, Mm -hmm. and uh, his grandpa's dying wish was basically, would I die, stop playing. Yeah, he had to find his own sound. Find, yeah, find mm-hmm. his own way in life and sound and stuff. So he leaves his, well, it seems like a small town, he kind yeah. of has like a bit of like a country accent almost. Yeah, they really do. They have a regional dialect because mm-hmm. at one point when he gets to Tokyo, the girl's like, are you even from Japan? Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> but yeah, he moves from his small town without any real plan and goes to Tokyo and it's just trying to like have him find his way, find his music, and mm-hmm. uh, it's really interesting so far. Cool. I uh, have never really heard much of the Shamisen before, but like I do like a lot of like traditional Japanese music. I think it's really interesting. And like yeah. this one specifically, I don't know, it's like it's like a weird mix of like strings, but it's also kind of percussive in a way, because like it's Yeah, they like, have like a string. pick instead yeah. of like just strumming on it, and, and the pick allows them to make a wider range of sounds. Um, it looks like a square banjo, in a way, mm-hmm. with the pick and the strumming, and it's got mm-hmm. three knobs on the top to, to tune in. Um, if you hear it, you'll know what it sounds like. It's in everything Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yes. I'm picturing Wano in One Piece, and I'm pretty sure they have it there. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, probably. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's like they're just... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like two instruments in one in that sense, because you yeah. kind of have like the rhythmicness of it, but then you still have like the string tone, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's really cool. And plus, like... Uh, Especially in the openings and the endings, it's like, like you'll hear like the shamisen mixed in with like modern hip hop or like yeah. kind of like blending of the blending of traditional music and modern tastes has been something really interesting. I don't know about you, I wish it wasn't set in a high school. Like <laughs> it's not. Did you watch the second episode? No, I have not. You to high school. I know. <laughs> like that's what I was so disappointed. Why? About. The first episode was like a really interesting concept. He meets this like. Uh, actress who keeps yeah. getting pushed by her manager to uh, go the more 18 plus route of acting. Yeah, yeah, and then the boyfriend is all like, hey, hey babe, I love you, but I need money. Money, please. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that guy could just get kicked to the curb. So, so, so far. He does, but then he shows back up, and I'm like, what the heck are you doing back here? I don't know. Yeah. It, it also um, made me think that, just based on the first episode, now that I've learned this high school thing, I'm like, what? Um... That, that maybe his story would have more stories revolving around him as it moves on. Um, maybe not so much as like Violet Evergarden does, but, but to that extent where he shows up in other people's stories, but you're following him like Mushishi. But um, on the culture note, I also wanted to, to mention that for anybody who's seen Showa uh, Genrakugo, the Rakugo show, yeah, a lot of the cultural aspect of um, what's very common in Japan, I think you'll find really interesting because you get to learn about the culture that's behind this very common thing that Japanese people grow up with, that they're like, that's just normal. And I, I just found that aspect also really interesting, so. Yeah, like, uh, since I've seen the second episode, like, other people do get introduced. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you meet his older brother, his mom is one who, like, tells him to go to school and, like, pays for mm-hmm. his, like, schooling or whatever. But, uh, I don't know, just, it... I mean, I haven't seen Kono Oto tomorrow, but it kind of reminds me of that kind of sense. It's like, mm-hmm. there's like a girl who's introduced who wants to start like a shamisen club. It's like, okay, I I get what you're going for here and I do still find it interesting. I just really liked the idea that I could watch something that's not a bunch of high schoolers. <laughs> just make him college age. That alone like, would help. Even, yeah, just, just switch from- He looks like he's college age. Uh, I've lost faith in this show already. Oh no! <laughs> Good job bringing it up. You haven't made it to episode two yet! I'll still watch it. It'll just go down the queue a little bit. That's all. Well, rip. That was. <laughs> Sorry. Don't do what I do, people. Just keep watching it. Give them the credit credits. 
Uh, does anyone want to actually talk about that in a positive note? And I'll keep quiet. <laughs> I mean, I kind of did. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's neat. <laughs> okay, Olivia has a has a. I will probably still keep ovation on that. I'll probably still keep watching it. It's. Uh, I've been trying to get my partner to watch like more and more anime too, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like pulling teeth in a way. Because like, <laughs> they'll, they'll get like super focused on like one series or whatever, and then mm-hmm. that's the only thing they want to watch. Like. I got them introduced to JoJo's and I created a monster. <laughs> and then they started to attack on Titan and that's just a whole other animal and it's just so like being able to find someone else to like mm-hmm. talk to about these more niche fight shows is good, but I I don't know, I got them to watch it, so that was hey, progress. progress. Exactly. <laughs> We're out of Shonen Punchy Boys. <laughs> At least a little bit. Uh, <laughs> At yeah. least until the new series starts. Yeah. They're already watching. Uh, they're already in season three. Uh, Again. Again. <laughs> well, the problem. Sono should probably won't be started by the time they catch up. So, you got a little bit of time to fit some other stuff in there. You yeah. could get them involved in My Hero Academia. <laughs> she said no more Shonen Punchy Boys. <laughs> they like Shonen Punchy Boys, so let. It let, might actually kind of work because we watched like the first episode of Hell was Nana together and he was uh, he oh. really liked uh, the guy that was introduced in the first episode. Yup. So we might just segue into my hero, maybe. Maybe. I feel like he's more you can like, do Assassination Classroom. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like the next one on the chopping block would probably be Jujutsu Kaisen just because of the TikTok rabbit hole they're in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Everywhere. Everywhere. Still need to finish that. Well. <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat. They took a week break, and I was like, oh, I guess that was the end of the season. And then I found out later, oh, there's been more episodes. Oops. I stopped after episode one. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Once they got into the Naruto hand signs to summon the demon dogs, I couldn't stop laughing, and I know that was <laughs> <laughs> Well, to segue into to ranting hood, um, I did watch the Pretty Boy Detective Club. This one caught my attention just on the premise, so... They have three rules, which I'm probably going to get wrong because I don't have them in front of me, but they have to be a boy, they have to be pretty, and they have to be a detective. That's, that's and this is a club at this like ridiculous school, which if you've seen Oran High School Host Club, multiply the glitter and the glitz, and these boys find this girl on a rooftop, and she's wishing to, I don't know. To find a star. To find a star, be an astronaut, and, and just not give up on her dream, but the main boy is like, oh, but sometimes when dreams die, that's the most pretty. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they, they introduce the rest of the club, and they're all these boys that shouldn't get along that are there, that insist that they don't get along, but yet they do. And it's it's by the same author as the Monogatari series. So if you like Socrates and philosophy talk, the whole thing is just... We may do this, but it could be this. But hey, what about this? And that's like the whole conversation. And the girl occasionally gets mad at them. And I'm like, yes, break them. I don't care. But they're so pretty. <laughs> that's and what they're... they keep doing. They're and like, I'm pretty. Oh, my and God. Objectives. It's also set in middle school, though, so that's kind of crazy. Oh. I, yeah, I, one of those, like, canonically I don't know. They're just, and, and the, the track kid is way too obsessed with his own legs. Please stop. Like, he's not even sitting on the couch right. He's just like, legs up. Look, 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 look at me and my pretty legs. And I'm just like, okay, guys, you're taking this pretty boy thing a little too far. Thank you for saying Yes! <laughs> I got about three quarters of the way through the first episode. I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, it's not the series, but yeah. the first episode even. Uh, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I have that. Like, I'm watching an episode of something, my, my app crashes or whatever, and I don't feel compelled to start it up again. Yeah. Cop Skate Leading Stars. Yeah. It, I mean, I wanted to like this, and I don't know if I can get through the philosophical talking and the very self-absorbed egos that are here. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna finish the second episode just because it's a continuation of the first one to see if they can wrap this up and go on to a new uh, detective um, segue. New case. Yeah, a new case, because I'm, I'm sure they're gonna have more than just her, but I think reading the back of the novels, it sounds like she might kind of join up. So you've got more around high school host club type of, hey, we've got a girl in here too, she breaks a rule. Maybe <laughs> I'm just reading into that, I don't know. Um, if you like eye candy, though, the show is really it's pretty. It's so pretty. It is so pretty. And I'm not, I'm not even including Mr. Legboy. He's no, he no, just no, Aesthetically, yeah. Yeah, it's like, really gorgeous to look at for the show. Is this, I think this is my first show that I've seen by the studio Shaft, 
I remember correctly. I think I it's a chef show, but like, I don't know. I, I've seen some, I've, like pictures of some of their stuff, and I know it's usually real mm-hmm. pretty. But yeah. this is the first thing I've seen from them before. Yeah, it's really gorgeous artwork. I, I think that's mostly why I wanted to, to check it out. So um, if you like the Monogatari stuff, you'll probably really like this. Uh, I did not sing its praises, but that doesn't mean it doesn't deserve them. I'm just not its target audience, apparently. The fashion's cool. Their, their uniforms are pretty neat. Lots, yeah. Lots of stripes. <laughs> I feel sorry for the animators. I'm like, you, you got to keep those things right. And I think they just gave up and they're like, no, everything is just vertical. Stripes Everything is vertical. Only. We don't care if it's supposed to bend there. Is No. <laughs> like, uh, did you ever watch Chowder growing up? Or like, the yes. It's like with Chowder where the characters would move, but the pattern would stay the same. So oh. it kind of like almost looked like a rolling, yeah. like, didn't get Gabuso, not quite that bad. Yeah, Monte Cristo do something similar to that yes. too a while back. It is it is not that heavy textured stuff, yeah. but the Gun Gunketsu, yes, they did. Okay. That wraps up my list of what I have seen, and I still have stuff on my list to see. The season is huge. Yeah, <laughs> I've already gone through all my stuff. I did write down one that didn't make my list, so I think I can cover that real quick because it just got out of Netflix jail last week. Oh. I'm talking about Way of the House Husband. Oh, yes. This is good. Okay. That was a sorry. Devlin's got opinions. <laughs> okay, so Way of the House Husband is in a kind of weird spot because it technically never had a Netflix jail because it was made for Netflix. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it still hung out being made for a while, didn't it? It's kind of like what they do with Agretzko. Like, uh, since like Agretzko oh, okay. was made for Netflix, they just like launch it all at once. Like, yeah. All right. Basically, in, like, in Japan, mm-hmm. it's like that too. So yeah, I didn't realize like, that. I thought maybe it actually got a normal release. But no, it's like know. it's been. They normal. heard your prayers no. and said, "Look, you can binge the whole thing." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they. I think they this like, this works better though. I think. I think they actually only have the first half of the series up, if I remember right. Yeah. I, I mm. through yeah, it has a second. That's probably how, that's how they did Great Pretender too. So it's probably yeah. similar. Yeah, to yeah. That. it's like only mm. five episodes that came on Netflix. But um, they go fast. Because pretty much the, the concept, if you're not familiar with it, it's about a former Yakuza thug who uh, finds the love of his life, gets married, and then just decides to stay at home and take care of the place while she's off to work at her office. Uh, and so it's very much a sort of like, not so much fish out of water, he seems to take to his position quite easily. But everyone else is just getting weirded out because there's this guy with a massive scar on his eye and... Badass Yakuza tattoos on his back. He didn't really give up the look either. No, he's just wearing (laughs) his cool Yakuza suit, going to the grocery store with his Shiba Inu apron on, just buying groceries and living his day-to-day life, and everybody's just super scared. He's like, oh man, this guy's a badass. He's going to kick my ass. And then he's just like, could you show me where like the the, the bananas are? I'm having trouble (laughs) finding them. So it's it's very silly stuff like that. There's one episode I saw before I went to work this morning where he was... um, having a cook-off with another super tough-looking, like, food truck guy who can make the best dessert. And um, there's also one where he and his wife go car shopping, and it gets very silly. Like, he t- actually tests it out by lying in the back of the hatchback and be like, oh, you can fit a whole body back here. Of course. <laughs> but um, it's very structured like Azumanga Daya, where it's like they fit, like, a whole bunch of short vignettes mm-hmm. into a short span. The episodes are only, like, 16 minutes long. And so each story is about only three minutes long. Mm. But it's just a very fun, brisk story. Also, the style's kind of interesting because it they have a lot of the scenery comes in as swooping like comic panels with the sound effects popping up on the screen. <laughs> so it has a little bit like you're almost reading the book again. So hmm. very cool, stylish, and very silly. I so. like the story of House Husband a lot. Like I, mm-hmm. I think I have the first two volumes of the manga, if I remember correctly. But I watched the first episode of House Husband, uh, didn't quite uh, vibe with the animation style they chose, and when Netflix decided to autoplay, I was like, oh honey, no, we're stopping here. (laughs) (laughs) This is all we're getting so far. I might go and try it later, but there's, I think the scene that got me the most was when the two guys were chasing chasing him, and they didn't realize he was running to like the clearance section of the clothing store. Yeah. <laughs> and they just took the frames of the, the, the two guys, quote unquote, running, and just wiggled them. <laughs> and I, I just don't know how to feel about it, I guess. And uh, sometimes, you know, that's, that's not just being cheap. That's comedic effect. Mm-hmm. 
like you just see stuff like that sometimes where it's just like, all right, we're just gonna be really silly and simple. I think that's like something you could appreciate almost in this. So yeah, I just I wish I knew that that was what they were going to do. I was <laughs> watching it. Oh. Like if I knew what I was getting in for, I might be I might have been mm-hmm. a little I get that. more content with yeah. it. Like true. There's, oh, there's some stuff that I think is kind of funny with its bad animation, like. I always go back to like the scene in Cromarty High School where the guy's talking and his ear just moves away from his head. <laughs> yeah. Because they just forgot to move it and they just rolled with it. Like, or like, it's fine. <laughs> like in modern or like American cartoons where they'll do the walk down the hall and it's just the same scenery over and over again. And they just goof on that. I think I'll I'll stick with the manga for now. I guess and maybe try more when there's more content Thanks. out there. <laughs> there you go, another rant out of me. <laughs> yes, we did. She's up yep. to maybe eight yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Don't actually go doing math on those people. I have no idea. I'm just throwing numbers up. <laughs> when she hits 20, she has to become a regular full-fledged member of the yeah. podcast. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, you want me, if you want me to get that far ahead, just have me rant about something else, I guess. <laughs> Anyone want to talk about skate? God. <laughs> <laughs> I seen it. Next episode, I guess. <laughs> or maybe the episode Or maybe a few after. episodes after, because a nice little segue here. Next episode, yeah. we already have planned. We're going to watch Wonder Egg Priority. Or rewatch. Yep. <laughs> yeah, or rewatch. <laughs> and so we're going to be doing that. And as I'm sure you guys know, it has a lot of trippy visuals, a lot of deep meaning and symbolism in there. Or just weird stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be cool to have some possible some audience quote unquote participation. So if you have any specific questions or discussion points you would want us to talk about in the podcast, we would love your suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, send it over to rspodcast at rightstuff.com. And if we find them, we'll go ahead and put them on, put them in the show, and we'll talk about them. Mm-hmm. That'd be really excellent. You're terrible. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. But um, just crack open that email and just let's scramble some things up. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna look at the sunny side of things. Oh my God. Yes. Let's wrap this up so we can get rid of these puns. Oh. We're getting rid of them now so we don't have to do them later. Stop oh, bringing him more. on. Oh we'll yes. More. We gotta remember more. Yeah. Oh yeah. I might have to listen to this episode again so I can poach them for later. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna be big time. So this is the last episode shows. of the pod. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. So just to make sure, RS Podcast at RightStuff.com. All right, now we're going to close out with the sales updates. We've got the sales. They are going on now at RightStuffAnime.com. Currently going, we've got Vertical and Dark Horse Weekly Specials. That is going on now. And there are some manga in the sale, which we uh, are streaming this season. So if you're looking to pick up Pretty Boy Detective Agency, that has some novels available and a pre-order for the manga. And Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagataro, which nobody talked about, but it is an insane seller, and you guys have been buying that like crazy, so that is in the sale currently. Uh, I'm sure that people that like teasing Master Takagi-san, I think I killed that, possibly. Um, I hear it's similar, but a little more... Aggressive? Yeah, that's a good way to say it. So, that would, those two titles are in the sale going on now. And started today, the big heist weekend sale, that is going on. We've got some... Uh, Big heist going on. Lupin is in that. Yep. We got Lupin. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe the two guys from Sarah's Online have a manga oh, that's yeah. in that. Yep. So we've got some variety uh, for the big heist. And then for you listeners for the podcast, coming up next week, we've got a tease. It starts on Sunday. If you are interested in anything we've talked about or things streaming this season, if we have something available from it, it will be in a sale because it is the simulcast weekly specials. Those Whoa! are coming up starting on Sunday, so watch for those. It's like we planned that. Yeah! Really? Almost. Hmm. Let's think about this. <laughs> yeah. hmm. What's the corporate's keyword right now? Synergy? Synergy! So, <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for the sales update. Mm-hmm. That ends another episode of the Right Stuff Anime Podcast. Thank it was you. Excellent. Yes. But I'll save that for the next episode. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking the time to want to listen to us, and hope you come back next week or next week. No. Next week on our irregular schedule. On our we hope you come next back. Next whenever we get around to it. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch an old episode next week. No one's gonna stop you. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah.
Backlog. <laughs> Very true. So yeah. So for now, bye everybody. Bye. 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 All participants are wearing masks and practicing social distancing during this recording. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Right Stuff Anime. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to rspodcast at rightstuff.com and we might just answer them in a future episode. That's rspodcast at rightstuff.com.